Ramesh Da. How the bloody hell are you? I am your host, Laura D'Souza. You are listening to episode number two of the Self Help Junkies podcast. Oh my God, I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you for all of your support and all of your kind feedback and your beautiful words and I mean the people who have opened up with me and shared stories, shared their very own personal stories with me, just the fact that you have opened yourself up to that and allowed yourself to be vulnerable and share your stories. Not only share your stories, but own your stories and tell me why your stories have led you to where you are today. And, you know, the stories that I have received, you all sound like you are doing just so amazing you are amazing and not only do I feel grateful for you but I really do feel really just just so genuinely happy just so happy for you and yeah I it it amazes me you inspire me and you remind me why I'm here doing this podcast, why I am writing my blog, why I teach yoga and mindfulness and meditation. I'm doing these things because I want to, I just, I'm curious to see if I can help people. I was in a bad place once and there was people out there, self-help authors and podcasters and bloggers, and they helped me massively just by introducing me to their own stories and tools that helped them. And I really want to do that, be that person for you, be that rock for you. So yes, I just wanted to start this episode by saying thank you and I love you and I appreciate you and I feel grateful for you. So today my loves we have a very special guest this guest is special because they're the first guest I'm having on my show this is the first person I have interviewed actually (laughs) so you know Again, I'm not going to lie, I just like I was feeling when I recorded my first podcast, I was feeling pretty nervous, but we got through it. My guest is a really beautiful friend of mine, Gordon Meredith, or Gordo, as he goes by, as he likes to be <laughs> called, um, or as I like to call him, I should say. Um Gordon is not only a good friend of mine, he is a beautiful human being. He is a brilliant actor. He is an amazing writer. And I just love Gordon. And I was so happy that he agreed to coming on my show to have a chat with me. Because, you know, 
I just had a sneaky suspicion that he would be really fun to chat to on this show. And you know what? He didn't let me down. He didn't he didn't disappoint in any way, shape or form. I was so happy during the full interview. It felt so good and I'm just so grateful that he came and chatted to me. So Listen to the rest of the show to hear me and Gordon talk about following dreams, imposter syndrome, tigers and hugs. Enjoy. Gordon Meredith. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Marvellous. I'm happy drinking a cup of coffee. Oh, nice. That's good. So I am going to start off this interview by asking you a question that I'm going to ask all of my guests. Who are you right now? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Gordo, but um, I'm, well, as I've just said, actually, I'm sitting here having a cup of coffee, talking to a good friend, everything feels fine, it's Friday, it's a lovely, a lovely day, and it's almost the weekend. So, yes. I am content. Content. Yeah. Nice. That's a good word, isn't mm. it? Mm. God, uh, what lights you up? What makes you feel good? What lights up your soul? Uh, yeah, I. Mm, I think. I think the kind of things that light me up is when I, I think it's particularly sort of performance or culture related. If I see people in the performing arts excelling, doing something really good that really like, you know, takes me to the place that they're intended to take me to, that's, that's when I feel I feel great. I love that. I love to see people, you know, like actors on stage convincing me that they are who who they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, convincing that me, me that I'm in the place that they're imagining. That yeah, they're taking you there. Yeah, and when they do it well. Um, I love to hear great music that I can feel. If I can feel music like running up my spine. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think like music, as as you know, as a musician, music can be really physical. You can mm-hmm. have a really physical response to it. If music gives me a physical response, um, positive physical response, you know, that really lights me up. If I if I'm reading something, and I think, oh, that was just so beautifully written, yeah, and clear, and you know, just. That, that gets a reaction, a positive, again, a positive reaction mm-hmm. out of me. They're, they're the sort of things, yeah. they're the sort of things that, that, that light me up. Yeah, I love that. I mm. guess it's kind of seeing people doing the things that they were born to do or seeing them do the mm. things that kind of align with who they truly are. Mm. So when you see an actor giving this amazing performance, mm. it's because they are here for that they are fully committed to that I guess and it's the same with music or 
yeah. or the writer maybe. I think... I definitely can't speak as an actor. No, but, yeah, but I, you know what? I think it's authenticity. Yeah. That's, for me, authenticity is really important. You know, it's like if I speak to people, you know, just generally, and I think they're inauthentic, mm. it, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So I think if you're, if you're listening to a musician or you're reading... Um, you know, what, whatever you're reading, an article in a newspaper or a novel or, or, or a poem, or you're watching an actor perform, if there's something about that, or if it is truly authentic, they're being authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it is. So whether they yeah. were born to do it or not, who knows? But wh- wherever they are at, yeah. it's that authentic presentation. Absolutely. Coming from a place of truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love yeah. that. So you're an actor, so talking about um, performing, performing arts, you are a brilliant actor. I've seen you act on stage uh, only recently, Mm -hmm. which was in your play Paint the Town Fred, Mm -hmm. about the local artists, Mary and Fred Elwell. Um, So you also wrote this play. Yeah. Which is amazing. I've also seen you act the thing that you did over lockdown with mm. the the brothers. Uh, Kim. Carol. Yeah, Kim. Kim that was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, so what led you to your career as a performer? When I was a kid, when I was a child, um, I used to I used to do performance related activities at school. I'd do plays and I was always be the one getting up and clowning about if there was an opportunity to. But I never saw it as my calling. Um, I, I, I went to art college. You know, I trained to be a designer. I was very good at drawing, um, very creative, um, always liked making things, drawing. And so I pursued that. That's, the, that's where I went. So, so I trained and built my career as a, as a museum designer. Um, but I always had this desire in the back mm. to, to perform, but I, I don't know why. Um, I think it might be something to do with uh, being the youngest of seven kids and, mm. and seeking attention, yeah. which I craved as a kid because I didn't really get it. Um, and so I think it's got something to do with that, but I, want, I, just, I kept coming back to that. And um, then I had a family, I had kids quite young, and um, I just didn't. I didn't have time. I had to. I just had to earn money, but I kept, you know, this voice in the back of my head kept saying, you know, you get on stage, and um, and eventually I just walked into Beverly Theatre Company and uh-huh. said, um, I'd quite like to act, and they kind of grabbed hold of me, wouldn't let go of me yeah. because I was a man and they didn't, didn't have many <laughs> men at that time, and then I just everybody used to say, wow, you're good at this, you should do it professionally. And I just thought, well, yeah, I'd love to. I'm not quite sure how to get off this treadmill mm-hmm. and get onto that one. But eventually I found a way to do that. And um, and I haven't looked back yeah. since that point. When I switched careers from being a museum designer to being an actor, um, it just felt like the most natural thing to do. Yeah. And, and I've just, just been going you know so far at least from strength to strength doing that so that's kind of that's how I became what I am now yeah that's mad because I would have thought that you would have come out 
of <laughs> your mother's, you know, <laughs> um, acting. You just yeah. seem like somebody who's been living and breathing it just for, it just really, yeah. just to me, as somebody who, you know, I, I didn't know you back then, but it just seems to me like, you know. But I think you're not wrong. I think, yeah. I think in a way... In a way, that's the truth, and that's why I'm where I am now, because really that's, you know, it's like you follow your vocation, don't you? And, mm. and, and like my, I have a theory that everybody in the world is absolutely the best at something, oh, but they don't yeah. know how, what chance is yeah. there that you will land on that? I have you the know. same theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I might be brilliant at, um, I don't know, um, I don't know. Like, shoe shining. Sh- well, yeah, exactly. I might be. No, I'm pretty good at that actually. Oh, really? I'm pretty good at shoe shining. But yeah, I don't know. I might be. A, I might be a brilliant violinist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love but to I've see never that. played the violin. I'd love to. I love the yeah. violin. Um, you know, you might be the world's greatest hang glider. Yes. You know, um, or is that a thing, or is that a person, a hang glider? Um, hang glider is a thing. I don't know. What do you call a person that? A glides that, in a hang glider. A, yeah, um, a, a hang glider. Yeah, a hang glider. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I think that yeah, when I was born, it came out of my mother's womb. I yes. think yes. what, what you say. Um, yeah, I might have been already that performer, that mm. actor, and I think certainly as a kid, I I did seek attention like that. So maybe that's true, but I got derailed. Yeah. I got as moved into a, something else. Mm. Yeah. It is really hard once you do get derailed and you kind of do all of the things that society kind of tells you that you should be doing. So get the job that pays the bills. It doesn't matter if it doesn't bring you all the joy in the world. What matters is you can afford to pay bills. Um, you know, you're earning, you're paying your taxes. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to go from, I mean, Having that com- that comfort of the wage slip of the of the regular wage slip, where you can know exactly how much you're going to get paid each month, mm-hmm. that can almost become a bit of a prison. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are working in, in the. I mean, I know many people working in these jobs. They're really deeply unhappy, but they can't, or they feel that they can't take that leap because yeah. they're afraid. Mm-hmm. So. What would, it's a really hard question, I think, but what would you say, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to quit that nine to five and pursue a career with something that aligns with them or follow their dreams? Oh, well, I mean, you know, instinctively just, just yes, absolutely do it. Because um, what you just described there is absolutely what I experienced. I mean, I, I, so I came out of art college and very, like almost straight away was an expectant father and I had to get work. So I went freelance. So I, I was freelance for uh, about 16 years before ever having a, a, a you know, a job, a PAYE mm. job, um, because I needed to earn money regularly, often, quickly and use as many hours as I could to be able to afford to, you know, to, to, to raise, raise my family. Mm-hmm. And then I got offered a job and then I had a salary and it was a good salary 
and I had a company car, oh. and it was and it was great, and I and I and, and I, I didn't have to worry anymore about where the work was coming from. I went to work, I did the job, I got my wage, and everything was great. But it was a trap, yeah. because when I got to the point where I wanted to leave that situation, I was afraid, because I was thinking, well, how can I walk away from this financial package uh-huh. into God knows what? The unknown, yeah. yeah. And um, and so between me, from me saying I want to do that to me actually doing it was probably eight years. Wow. You know, yeah. it, I took that long. So I would say to people that are in that situation, they're doing a nine-to-five job, but there's something else they want to do, I would say... I'd say do it, but do, but but do it with a plan. So yeah. do it, but work on actually making it happen. Yeah. You know, because th- that's what stops people doing it is because it's the fear of the unknown, being unsupported, risk the financial risk. I could lose everything. Yeah. You just don't know, and so I think being, you know, being a practical person as I am, it'd be easy for me to say follow your dreams. But I don't know about you, but if I have a dream, I can't remember all of it anyway. There's gaps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you you remember bits of it, but it's those bits you can't remember that might be the bits that trip you up. Mm-hmm. So make sure you fill in those yeah. gaps. But absolutely do it because there's so many people who get trapped in just earning a living. Yeah. And they don't oh. pursue the thing that they're, that they're, yeah. that they're good at. And as that cheesy as it joy. sounds... Sorry for talking mm. over you. No, no, no. As cheesy as it sounds, I just life is just too short to be mm-hmm. that unhappy. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is, yeah. and it is. And the older you get, the shorter you realise <laughs> it is. And you think, oh, where did that twenty years yeah. go? And it's gone. And you think, oh, right. Oh well, that time that's just gone, twenty years. In another twenty years, I'll be. Mm-mm years old anything oh yeah and do you know what sometimes people might use that as an ex you know people might say oh well you know i'm i'm 38 now i'm too old to go to university i'm too old to learn to learn something new or to do this it's like you know you never never you know you hear about people yeah you know i follow this lady on instagram who's in her 80s who's recently become a personal trainer and she looks amazing brilliant like, come on you can do don't put limits on yourself lifelong learning yeah damn right yeah 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 never, you're never too old to learn something new in fact we're learning all the time anyway even Absolutely. if we don't want to you can't help it you are learning every day mm. so you just got to go with that definitely so yeah so i think i i really agree with that i think make it make a plan so Make a plan, um, but also take, take, you don't have to take one giant leap. You no. can do it in baby steps. Yeah. You know, you can kind of put your toes into the pool and test the waters. And, yeah, I, you mean, know. I, I did that actually. Yeah. I went part-time. In yeah. my design job, I went part-time and with the other time, I started acting. Yeah. And then it was almost like building myself a raft. Yeah, exactly. And then when that raft, you know, when the, when the waters were safe... I committed to the raft and on off I went. So, yeah, yeah, that's how yeah. it worked for me. People have different risk thresholds. Oh, yeah. I have a reasonably low risk threshold, or is it high? 
I'm, I'm risk averse. Yeah. That's the one. I'm quite risk averse. So if you are not, then yes, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Because which, however you do it, whether it's you know one massive jump or tippy toe, however you do it, do it because you yeah, won't regret it. Definitely, you will not regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, currently in your, I know that you've just um, finished. Uh, well, you didn't just finish. You just mm-hmm. you recently finished writing mm-hmm. your play. Was that your first play that you've written? No, no, no I've written you've a few actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was amazing, and I really enjoyed it, and I learnt a lot from it. So Good. it was educational, but also just really beautiful. Um, are you happy where you are in your career right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I, it's good that you sell that because the plays that I write um, of that genre, that's the fifth fifth play that I've written of that genre, which is folk theatre, mm-hmm. which is all about real people. Um, and so I'm glad that you said it was educational as well because yeah. it's meant to be. You know, it's like folk theatre for me is about putting the museum on the stage mm-hmm. rather than putting actors in a museum it's it's the other way around so yeah to, to answer your question yes I am yeah. happy doing what I'm doing because I believe that what I'm doing uh, is it's a great um, process of entertaining people and helping them to learn about you know about real people and real things and um it's a really nice blend of my two careers as a museum designer and as a actor slash writer. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in a good place. Yeah, I'm in a place that I feel comfortable and happy with. That's, that's amazing. Hmm. That's really good. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. So are you, would you say, Gordo, mm-hmm. Gordon, mm-hmm. that you are more of an introvert or an extrovert? Well... <laughs> I have to say I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think I always have been, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's possible for people to be both, yes. and I would say that certainly when I was younger, even a teenager, I was quite shy, mm. lacking confidence, yeah. I, I liked to be the one at the back not seen, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I just didn't like being on view or talked to in public or anything like that. It was just, yeah, yeah you relate to that. Absolutely. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. And now I'm the opposite. Mm. I'm the other way around. And I have no idea why or, or how that it happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> People don't believe me when I say to them, I was painfully shy at school. People don't believe yeah. me. And it's like, I really was. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I was so yeah. socially awkward. So I think it's funny how um, a lot of people in the entertainment industry are, you know, they, they have come from, not everybody, mm. but a lot of people have come from that kind of background mm-hmm. of being quite quiet and shy. Mm-hmm. It's funny, isn't it? And how we sort of throw ourselves into these things where it's all eyes on us all of a sudden. Yeah, definitely. I do hear that of a lot of actors. A mm. lot of actors are described as, as shy. Um, but then there's the whole question of when you get up on stage, who are you? It's like mm. your first question to me is who are you? Yeah. And that's the thing. When you get up on stage, 
as an actor or a performer of any sort, any kind, musician, you know, who are you? Are you playing a part? Mm. Are you you or are you playing a part of somebody being mm. there that you can hide behind? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. It's, yeah, something I'm going to think about. Yeah. I feel like when I sing on stage, when I'm singing, I feel so connected to who I am and so connected to the universe, mm-hmm. whatever you'd want to call it. But in the gaps kind of in between, I guess, yeah, who who am I? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Do you know the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so coming back to the, you know, the shyness that, you know, we, we can kind of... Um, Grow up, grow up with. Um, another question I wanted to ask you, because I suffer with this a lot, and I feel like a lot of people do, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have feelings of imposter syndrome? And as an actor, somebody who is on the stage, how do you deal with that? Yes, I do have feelings of imposter syndrome a lot, and... But I believe that the, anybody who has feelings of imposter syndrome are actually really good at what they do. Mm. Mm. And it's the, and if you don't have feelings of imposter syndrome, then you're probably not as good. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are so keen to be doing it properly, yeah. doing it right and doing it well, that you're constantly beating yourself up about mm. whether you are or not and whether or not you have got approval and validation from others and whether others believe you and it comes back to authenticity again and you know are you being authentic yeah. so you're constantly questioning that so i think imposter syndrome is something that loads of people have and it's perfectly natural for me changing careers yeah i've had that a lot because i trained in something else i changed careers and now i'm doing something that i haven't had any um, official training for I didn't go to drama school but I've learned on the job I've learned by surrounding myself with people who I've learned from and I've developed my skills and I've got a natural aptitude for it to a certain level Mm -hmm, definitely and I've learned from other people but still because I've not gone down the same route as a as as most but not all most of the actors yeah you get feelings of imposter syndrome. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. You know, not having that kind of, that piece of paper to say that you've been through mm. a course or something, mm. that can be massively, um, yeah, it can it can really amplify those feelings of imposter syndrome. Completely, and, and you bring it on yourself. Mm. Nobody that I've worked with has ever raised that as a, as a question yeah. or an issue. Um, it might have come up in conversation like oh well you know let's approach things like this because you know you, you haven't trained in this particular aspect but I, I've never had anything negative because of it it's all on me it's mm. me kind of my perception exactly. is exactly. Oh, you know should I be here yeah because what people are actually looking at is you and your performance and your authenticity yeah. people are you know and it's yeah, I mean, I work a lot of people, um, work with a lot of people, um, 
with musically. Mm -hmm. So I work with, I have a few clients, I'll go around to the house and we sing together and I know that this is healing for them. Mm. And it's beautiful. I can't call myself a music therapist and, you know, I wouldn't mm -hmm. call myself that, but because I haven't got the, the official qualification. But what I do is, it's not that far away from that, but mm -hmm. just not having that, that training yeah. really does kind of give me a lot of anxiety and, and not with what I am offering, because I'm really confident with what I'm offering and I'm really confident with my clients and I know that it, it works beautifully. But just that thing in the back of my head saying, you know what, you are not good enough to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. But, but then you get validation through people's feedback, through the yeah. results, through seeing people grow. Absolutely, through that, that connection. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you deal with, I mean, does this imposter syndrome ever lead on to feelings of anxiety, um, feelings of, you know, negative feelings that don't really serve you? And how do you deal with that? I don't, I don't know that it does, actually. Um, I, I, yes, there's been, I think there have been times when that has done, mm -hmm. but... I think that what <laughs> one thing about the performing arts industry and being an actor is that is that you get you get feedback yeah. a lot. So like if I compare it to my job as a museum designer, you hardly get any feedback because you you finish a job, you know, and you're on to the next one, mm -hmm. and there's nobody that really says wow that's brilliant you did yeah. a really good job you might have to ask the client for feedback but in when you're an actor or a performer on stage the feedback's immediate yeah people are laughing and they're clapping mm. and they're standing up and they're cheering and you come out and at the end they come up to you and say oh wow that was amazing that was so good and yeah. so any doubts that you have can be very quickly squashed yes through yeah. the feedback that you get Absolutely. So, what does self-help look like to you? It's an alien concept, I have to say. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> it's something I've never been good at, mm -hmm. I have to say. And I think it's partly to do with the work ethic that I've lived to all my life the need to keep working as you've yeah. touched on earlier the need to keep earning money the need to keep on the treadmill and I've never ever ever been able I've never been very good at that yeah um so I don't know you yeah. know what I do I do not have an answer self-help to me is an alien, alien concept. concept yeah wow there you go yeah. what do you do with that answer I mean it's you know what it's you can look at somebody, talk to somebody, know somebody and, you know, your perception of them and, you know, like, sometimes we can seem like these people that are so grounded and so, you know, really got our shit together. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But you really do only see the surface, don't you? And it's, yeah, it's... Uh, completely, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, people... I think we're... That's what we do, isn't it, as, as, as human beings? We, it's part of our survival mechanism mm. is to present a face that is acceptable to people and that gives people confidence in us. Yeah. Whereas if you really told them the truth yeah, yeah. <laughs> about what a mess you are inside. Oh, yeah. God, if anybody read my journal, <laughs> I would be put away, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, so, do you ever take any time for yourself? Um, the, the very rarely, yeah. I have to say. What one of the one of the problems <laughs> that I've got is that what I do for work, mm-hmm. which is great, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I love it. I really enjoy it, and I'm and I feel so privileged. To be in a position where I can say that because I've not always been there and I know that there's a lot of people who aren't fortunate enough to do that. So often my work blends into my downtime. Yeah. Because I'm enjoying it. Um, but what I do do is, is you know, I, I like to sit down and have a cup of coffee and read a newspaper and yeah. I do like... I do like to see friends. Yes. I love going for cups of coffee with friends and oh, going for walks yeah. and connecting. And I... You like a hug, don't you? Oh, you are like the best person <laughs> at giving hugs Oh, really? Ever. You I'm are. Like, you really are. That's quite an accolade, thank it you. Is. I do know some very good huggers out there. <laughs> really? so, yeah. ah, hugging You're is so important, yeah. isn't it? I, yeah. think, I think it's... Uh, and that's another thing. As a child... I grew up in a family that never hugged. Really? Never hugged. And it wasn't That's until I was in my early 20s that I discovered the hug oh. and I was knocked out by it. Um, and it's really important. It's really yeah. important. But yeah, connection, making friends, learning about people, you know, sharing stories, good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're the sort Absolutely. of things that, that, are, that are good for my soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Light you up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit of a um, mad question. Do you? I've I've recently, you know, gotten quite quite into spirituality. Do you have any connection with a higher power? Honestly, answer this question. It's you know, there's yeah. no right or wrong answer. It's no, it's a great question. Yeah. I think that um, <laughs> well. I don't know. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I think we all have this sense inside us that there's something else mm. other than the mediocrity of, of, of life that yeah. we experience, that there is something else. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am, I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not religious. Um, but I feel something yeah. spiritual. Same. I don't really know what that is and it's maybe just something that's inside me as it is all humans that there's a spiritual connection mm. to other people to to the environment yeah. and to the universe yeah absolutely I have no idea what that is but I feel something yeah I'm yeah. the same I think growing up in like a western culture and the western religions that we have so I grew up in a house where my dad was 
Christian, my mum's background was, was um, Jehovah's Witness, and the, the, their ideas of God was a very unforgiving God, a very, you know, the God that puts fear into you and all mm. of this stuff. And mm. I, the more and more I l- learn about this spiritual path that I'm taking, the more the more open I am to this idea of God. And I, I hate the word God. I hate saying the word God because it brings me back to this, this you know, white man who sits in the sky, <laughs> hating, judging everybody. Hmm. For me, it's what God is. I'm, I feel so uncomfortable. I'm even doing, yeah. um, what do you call this? Quotation marks. Quotation marks yeah, with yeah. my fingers. God, for me, it's nature, it's everything around us. It's me, it's you, it's the earth, it's the sky, it's just this, it's our breath, it's everything, this thing that connects us, call it the universe, the divine, the mother, you know, it's... Totally, and that's the thing, Um, the the idea of a a bearded white guy in the sky is just a manifestation that um, we've been allowed to develop because we, we need to have something tangible. We need to give the essence of God an identity that oh. we can relate to, I think. But I, uh, uh, many years ago, I studied practical philosophy. Oh. And one of the things that, they used, that we used to say in practical philosophy was, um, as part of our meditation, oh. was be still and know that I am God. Which is in effect that that God is, God is just something inside yeah. us that that makes us who we are, yeah. and makes us want to follow a certain path, mm. and you know, be all the things to other people that we're meant to be. Yeah, you know, it, it's not a person. It's it's a, a feeling. It's a feeling. It's, it's a sense. A, it's a concept. Knowing, it's yeah. A, yeah. I could talk about that for yeah. hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's not bore people. If there's <laughs> yeah. anybody still listening, that is. Yeah. yeah. If there's anyone still listening. <laughs> anybody out there. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. So, here's the fire round. Are you ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't be pressured. Right. You honestly can take your time. <laughs> Star sign. Virgo. Mm. Do, you, do you feel... That, that star sign fits you? What are the, do you know much about star signs? Yeah. What are the kind of I traits so. of a Virgo? Oh, gosh. I think my Chihuahua Daisy is a Virgo. Oh, really? Is it September? Oh, then then if your Chihuahua Daisy is a Virgo, then Virgos are annoying <laughs> and noisy and... Uh, oh. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Um, loyal. Yeah. Um, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's a few. If you was an animal, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you be and why? Oh, I don't mm. know. I'm going to say tiger because I like tigers. Yeah. I love a tiger. I can see you as a tiger. I think I was born in the year of the... It was either tiger or dragon. Whichever mm-hmm. one it is, Ooh. it's cool. It's like a very kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Ferocious. Ferocious. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A savage beast. Yeah, I'm a savage beast at heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might struggle to answer this next one. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. That's presumptuous of me. What are your top three 
self-care go-tos. Mm. Um, lying down. No, I love lying down. It's my favourite. Lying hobby. down is great. It's I've great. really got into lying down <laughs> yeah. recently. I think it's an underrated oh. thing. Uh, lying down. Um, a good cup of coffee. Yes. Um, walks. Yes. I walked here today. Oh it really? Was, yeah. I, I, I love walking. Yeah. So a really good chance to clear your head, isn't mm, it? Just yeah. blow the cobwebs away. Yeah. <sighs> what does the world need more of? Love. Yes. It needs more hugs. It needs more hugs. It needs more garden hugs. It does. It does. Well, does it? I do know a few other people that are really good at hugs. So I think what we'll do, we could form like a kind of a superhero group. Yes. Uh, the hug, the hugsters. I like this. Hugs is yeah. one definitely. Somebody said to me the other day that we need every day we need a hug from twelve different people. Which I thought, ah, oh, who can? It's like it's like when people say, "Do you get your five a day?" Oh yeah. Not hugs, fruit and veg. It's like, well, <laughs> not really. I'd yeah. love to. Like, who can get twelve hugs a day Chips, from twelve different count? people? Yeah. Chips. <laughs> Chips. Paper. <laughs> kind of. A... No potatoes doesn't count. <laughs> oh really? In any form. Yeah. Oh, that's like all I've been eating. No, so. it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does the world need less of? Oh, hate. Hate. Yeah. It needs. It needs less. Gross. It needs less hate. It needs less. Less intolerance. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's particularly mm. relevant at the moment, you know, Absolutely. because of, of the war going on at the moment in Ukraine. Um, <sighs> I, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, it's just so upsetting to very. see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But hate in, in hate, we see hate in many forms, yeah. you know, like people, like, you know, there's been debates this on Facebook recently about, you know, hate preachers. Yeah. You know, and people, people just... Yeah, just spreading messages of, of, of misery and doom and yeah. hatred and we just we just don't need it. We don't need that. No. We don't need it. Um finally mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. what is your superpower? What is Gordon's superpower? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, what a great question. Well, I used to say I used to say my superpower is to see into the future, mm-hmm. but that's only because I, um, you know, I said I had a low risk threshold, and it's because I am constantly risk assessing mm. everything, which is which I think is an occupational hazard from my last job as a designer. So my superpower is that I can see far into the future and see all the things that are going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I suppose is quite handy, really. Well, it is, but it's, it's probably not... It's, it's very, very seldom right, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very good superpower. Mm. I need to work on... I need to work on, on the hugs as being my superpower. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's your superpower. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to work more That's, on that you know, when I, whenever I'm telling people about mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, God, he's so good at hugs. Oh. <laughs> Always. I think I'll, I'll lead with that. <laughs> Not, yeah, he's an actor. No, he's so good at hugs. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for coming to my house and sitting in my kitchen with me and recording this podcast, this lovely chat. I've had a really lovely time. 
Thank you. It's just kind of felt like we've been sat in the cafe yeah, having a coffee, definitely. hasn't it, really? I've had a really lovely time, and I'd like to particularly express my thanks to Daisy, yeah. who hasn't barked <gasps> once throughout all of this. I can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. She did well. She did, didn't she? Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yes, I wish you luck on your next play if you're writing one I don't know you've got anything ne- coming up uh, the next thing is we're bringing Paint the Town Fred back to his <gasps> writing theatre really June. Yeah. I'd love to see it in so the theatre yeah it'll be Ooh, different yeah. So, yeah good oh brilliant do that okay cool um, yes thank you so much thank you Laura thank you enjoyed that over and out